This is a global original podcast. Hi and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. The podcast where my husband Mark and I discuss the challenges, difficulties, frustrations and ultimately the joys of being parents and step-parents to four wonderful, talented, beautiful daughters aged between 25 and 12. Hi guys, welcome to uh, Confessions of a Modern Parent. Um, today's title is The Paranoias of Being a Parent in the Age of Corona. It sounds like one of those 70s mystical musicals, doesn't it? In the age of whatever it is. We, we really oh. go through it. We go to some very dark places. Yeah. We try and bring up the positivity. On all our social media channels, our channels actually, we try to stay very positive. Mm. So we thought this would be a safe place for us to sort of yeah. dig deep. Go to our darkest places in case you were feeling the same. If you're of a nervous disposition, I'd probably (laughs) stop listening now because I am going to take us to the nth degree again and again and again. But also, we, I think, we hold out a sort of hand to parents and say, we're all in this together, guys. This is a version therapy now, this next hour. This is about entertaining the worst and then building ourselves back up. (laughs) And that is my stomach rumbling because I'm starving. (laughs) So, here we are. Three weeks. Are we three weeks in or two weeks in? Sunday will be three weeks of lockdown. Three weeks of lockdown. We were self-isolating a couple of weeks before that, weren't we? But we've been living in the age of corona as a family, probably for a good five to six weeks now, haven't we? Yeah. With it as a spectre and a shadow. Well, this chat is really going to be about the paranoias of being a parent in the age of corona. Mm. We talked about it from the teens' perspective or really our worries about it for our teens. But within all of that, we kind of realise we haven't really talked about it, what it means as a parent for us mm. as grown-ups, as parents. Mm. We just thought, well, last week we were really passionate about about talking about it from the perspective of the teens because yeah. I felt that a lot of the world wasn't really looking at it from their perspective. But we were really struggling with what way to, what to talk about this week because everything that yeah. we thought about to talk about seemed trite and irrelevant. Utterly All the irrelevant. topics we would normally go to around teens. Yeah. So, and then we came, God, we need to talk about what's it, what's it actually like for us, yeah. for all of us parents. Yeah. I think this is probably the worst time. We couldn't have even imagined it was going to get this bad for us as parents. No, and I think there's the acute problems. So we can all think of the detailed stuff, mm. the short-term stuff, if you mm. like, of what we're going to do this week, how we're going to preoccupy the kids today. And I think there are so many contingent parts to what being a parent in the age of corona, as I call it now. It's like a movie, isn't it? Parenting in the age of corona. Um mm. You know, for me, there's the there's the day-to-day practicalities of keeping your kids safe. There's the day-to-day practicalities of keeping your kids' mental health safe. And then there's the more overarching, and for me, really, if I'm honest, the more troubling, grander picture and global picture and how this is going to run beyond the short term. Their future. Their future, yeah. Um, and, our, and, and by extension, our future. And with all of that, our dreams, our hopes... And our desires for their future we're and our to, future. We're having to, re- it's like I always say, you know, from the second you know you're pregnant, you see the future stretching ahead, mm. don't you? That's why I always say, you know, when we had, had a very early miscarriage and everyone's like, oh, well, at least it was very early. It was very early. And I always remember thinking, no, it, no, it wasn't. Because mm. from mid- second one, when I saw that blue line, mm. I had a life. I had a life that I was thinking about. And we are having to change our perspective on everything, everything. Absolutely everything. It, we've got some great um, comments have come in on our Instagram that we're gonna that we that we want to bring in through throughout this chat because it's really made us think about things we didn't even think about worrying yeah. about. I think I would like to start with what the possible best case scenario is here. Yeah. Right. Which is a possibility. Yeah. So, so lead the, with the positives. Yeah. Because this is what we, I think a lot of us go through as parents is we wake up in the morning, we've got all the horrors and all the hell and all the worst case scenarios and all the news and everything. And then we try and think what would be the best case scenario. And I certainly know from talking to friends of mine, you know, on the phone, we, we're all doing this. We, we like quite often we'll start a conversation with, oh my God, this mm. is going to happen. And then we'll find something that could be really positive. So I thought we would start with the 
positive and then maybe end on a positive as well. Mm. And in between, we can go to our very darkest place so that that we can share this together, guys, like in the privacy of this. Yeah, I would would, would also like, I wouldn't like to sort of issue too much of a sort of uh, health warning with this chat. But if I'm really honest, I really, really feel the need to be able to have a safe space in which to air one's worst fears. Because for me... I'm a great believer in, yes, we have to stress the positive and maintain the positive potentials all the time. Because, of course, that's the only way anyone, as a, a human beings, need to have some degree of purpose and, and you hope. Light. You need hope. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it's not about being hopeless. In order, you know, I don't want to go into the negatives because I want to be hopeless. But sometimes, it's a bit like watching a horror film, by facing your fears and going to the very nth degree on something, there's a sort of catharsis and there's a sort of healing process mm. that can come of that, where you can go... This could be the worst situation. And then other people hopefully will go, yeah, man, that's what I'm worried about. And I do worry in still, even in Corona age, there's a sort of pussyfooting and a sort of slightly political correct. And, oh, no, you mustn't say that and you mustn't think that and you mustn't feel that. Um, so, yeah, there will be moments in this in this chat where I think we should and it's necessary to entertain our worst fears, because in, in entertaining them, we can then sort of potentially guard against them and do something about them if they were or weren't to happen. So, um, but and yeah, I think, the positive. I think, I mean, I'm naturally a more positive person than Mark, so I think you'll get, we'll get a good balance here yeah. of, of maybe the two sides, well, there's many different sides on how mm. parents could be feeling, but I think, yeah, a safe place where we can feel hopeful and also also air the very worst fears because as mark yeah, says absolutely. sometimes that's actually a relief and a release for some people so and some of those yeah. worst fears aren't necessarily about armageddon for the planet some of those worst no. fears could be some of the smallest worst issues for exactly. our children specifically knowing yeah. our children but i'd also like to say that just just seeing briefly glimpses of some of the comments that have come in on instagram it's really key as parents in general to any parents listening that we always entertain thoughts. And I'm saying this to myself because I've already seen situations for some parents which I just hadn't even thought about. Mm. It's really important to remember so many different parents are experiencing so many different things and no one parent's experience is generally right or wrong. You know, it's all dependent on the situation. nobody's feelings are right or wrong. And I think that they are just... We have to recognise that we are all on... I hate to use this word because it's it's so... cliched but we are on an emotional roller coaster the true meaning of it because i think previously before c bc before coronavirus bc BC, we would use that word quite flippantly but i think we really are an emotional roller coaster and i think the more that we can hold each other a little as parents um i think that is what is going to get us through yeah. we need to keep this community going and this to be a place where we can so this it. is a fear so. chamber guys this is a fear chamber but let's start with the short term come on nads nadia you're positive half cup full always looking to the plus always looking to the bonus always looking at things in a really look at the joy of this where's the positivity no it's not really the no, positivity what i want to say is what i think could be the best, best case scenario okay. and we even within that it's not the easiest thing so best case scenario scenario um we were talking about this on our one of our vlogs the other day actually that uh, mark found this bit of information in the paper that um artificial intelligence um put through their whatever it is their little machine and came up with i think 70 different 77 77 different drugs that are already tested on humans and available that show potential to deal with the virus now that's not to heal it but to med to 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 what would you say what's the right way well, to, to say assist it? and able research towards a vaccine i'd have thought no 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 to treat to actually treat the symptoms so there are drugs out there there are viral there are viral drugs malaria anti-malaria drugs all these drugs that they are having some success with so within my best case scenario is that we're going to find some drugs that lessen the viciousness of this of this this disease that somehow reduces the suffering mm. and uh, the death toll mm-hmm. until we can get to a safe place with a vaccine and i really do believe 
that we will have a vaccine within the next year, 18 months. I, I really do believe that. We've got all the best scientific brains working on it across the globe. And I really do believe that. I don't think it's going to come before a year or 18 months because, to be quite honest, I don't think I would take a vaccine that comes quicker than that because it means it hasn't had gone through the proper trials. And that within this year, 18 months, while we wait for the virus and whilst we have these drugs that are making it a more bearable um, illness, we are having, um, you know, social distancing is being lessened for a while and we get to go out a bit and we have a bit more of our life and then they pull back and we have a little more social distancing and then we have a... And I feel that that's going to be the best case scenario over our next year. I feel also that schools probably will be back in September. Uh, I don't think they'll be back after Easter. Best case scenario, I think they'll be back in September. Um, and I believe that we will come out of this. I hope, not believe, that we will come out of this with more gratitude, with less greed and with more understanding of those that have this kind of suffering right through their lives, because people do. And maybe we'll have more balance economically across the world and that the planet will have breathed for a year. Um, so that's my best case scenario are you on a in, good day. Are you in touch with the tooth fairies? <laughs> on a good day. No, no, I'm joking. That's, 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 and a... that, is, that is actually feasible. Yeah. That uh, is feasible. It's, it's, there's a small chance of it, yeah. but it is feasible. No, I agree, and I'm being, I'm being sort of unfair when I say that. Yeah, because that. I was allowed to have a positive yeah, time no, no, and no, no. that's it. No, 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 that positive time. But even if you think about how positive you've gone, it's quite guarded and it's quite limited. And we're still looking at 10 to 18 months. So I think this is the challenge that we're presented with as parents, is that you're always encouraged and wanting to make your kids or suggest to your kids that they look at the positive in all things, the benefits of doing homework, the benefits of eating veg, the benefits of taking exercise, all of these things. Hmm. And trying to find the positive, what what do we do? Do we lie to our children and give them a constant sense of short-term hope? Because kids are only interested in one thing right now at this stage. And they've got, I think, probably, what, with three weeks in, wait, since school finished, two weeks in? I think most kids will have probably even got over that hump of school, 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 school. And they'll be thinking friends, 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 peer group, friends. Um and there are two sides to this. In a weird way, there's a lot of pressures been removed for a lot of teenagers because there aren't parties happening that they're not being invited to. There isn't many people. There aren't many people having a brilliant time and they're not. And that's always the biggest fear for mm. teens is that someone somewhere. That. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Mojo or Bojo? Whatever it is. Um, there's always someone somewhere having a better time. FOMO. FOMO. Fear of missing out. Um and yet, of course, that can still happen on social media and all that kind of stuff. But it's a lower lower level priority. So there's that removed. But I think most kids' concerns is, how can my life get back to the enjoyable normal? How can I get back to hanging out with my mates? How can I get back to flirting with the boys and the girls? How can, how can I do all of that stuff? And in the short term, even in the best case scenario, with the most positive spin on it, let's say there's a re-evaluation in another three weeks, there's a suggestion that schools can go back in September... That's a long, long amount of time. That's, that's an entire generation's final summer of school. That's the end of a school year. That's the beginning of university. And, OK, so we talk about the beginning of things. You only have to look at photographs of Wuhan now when they go, hey, hey everything's back to normal. Everyone's in suits. The, the protocol of flying to Wuhan is ludicrous. Yeah. You have to be taken into quarantine. You have to be to get tested. You have to be swabbed. You have, we aren't looking at... And and then when I look at that, and this isn't, I'm sharing, again, this is sharing a low, this is low level, this isn't the big stuff. I'm thinking, what do I say to Maddie and Kiki when they wake up? And they go, so how, you know, just quite matter-of-factly, so Dad, do you, do you think, how's, I can probably say to them, the lockdown will be efficient. And everyone's sort of latching onto this phrase. When will the lockdown stop? When will the lockdown come up? And I keep going... Well, keep... what they're really saying is when will we get our lives when back? When will we get our lives they back? They don't really... I mean, anyone that thinks this lockdown is going to come to an end soon is Delusional. raving mad. Delusional, but also anyone who gets incandescent. And now a lot of people 
get incandescent about it. A lot of people are like, well, I'm not, I'm not having it. I'm not doing it. Now, there's a difference between economically needing to, and I think a major problem, again, facing parents more than teens, is the economy and, and, and mm. earning money and sustaining our kids. Yeah, mm. You might be able to get mortgage holidays. Okay, there's, there's been an absolute uh, ceasing. It's illegal now to evict anyone for three months. But even that three-month period will at some point will start to be reaching the end of that. I'm, all I'm thinking about is at the end what of those three months. What happens at the end of those three months? Well, they're going to have to extend it. Yeah, well, either they'll extend it or they'll have to bring it into place. And this is the best... I'm, I'm, this, I'm kind of dealing with my positives. So I think, okay, almost economically, they'll be forced to nudge us all back into some kind of normality. But that new normality is going to be so unlike the normal we had. Can I just answer one the question that you asked there? What do we tell our kids in the morning? Mm. I really believe that you don't tell them anything until they ask. Right. I think they know a lot of what's going on. And I think they're choosing to edit and they're giving themselves... It it bit by bit by bit. So I, I wouldn't, personally, I wouldn't offer any new information. But I'm only saying other when than they what ask. they might. No, no, I'm just saying and yeah. answer that question personally. I wouldn't give any new information unless they ask me yeah. because it means that they choose, they don't want to know. And in yeah. last week's podcast, when both Maddie and Carlita said they want parents to talk less yeah, about yeah, yeah. it. So maybe they know. You know, shock is a brilliant thing that, that goes on in our body. It lets us just be able to adjust to new to mm. grief and to and, and this we're all grieving so i think too much information is not a good idea personally um but you know for example you know, the thing is though mark you know i i think the same when i look at wuhan and i look at and i think you know i saw a program the other day and they were just like drones going over warning people that there was somebody close that had it and, the, and I just think oh god this is like a sci-fi this is just mm. absolutely horrific will I ever see my girls lounging in the park like now what always strikes me about Maddie when she has her friends around is they're all lying on top of each other well, yes. they're in the garden they're all lying on top of well, each the, other the playing with each party, other's hair on top of each they're other all on top of each other and, and I thought will they ever be able to have that mm. close I'm not talking about intimacy I'm talking about that primal need that we have we we you know we're we're pack animals we're clans will we ever ever those are my very difficult very very low times um it's the human the, the touch just if you connection just take, if you just take just that one thing mm. it's so enormous will our children be able to touch and mm. hug mm. and will we ever be able to I don't know, just the simple thing. Like Maddie's got a boyfriend. You know, will we ever... I've been texting Maddie's boyfriend's mum. Will we ever meet? And we're actually like, if we ever get to meet. Just those little things. It's like, that's a real thing. If we ever get to meet, we never... And then I start to go mad. But what I would say, when you look at Wuhan, we are down the road. Mm. We are down the road. There are lessons being learned. Hundreds, I'm sure, every day there's lessons being learned about about this disease. So when I see the horrors of that, and I think, God, is this our future? I also think, but there's so much being learnt that maybe in six months' time, we'll actually be way ahead of all what's happening in Wuhan it's funny, isn't it? at the moment. Because I agree, we are. so much is being learnt, but in my, work, in my darkest hour, I also think so much is being learnt. And what if they're also learning about the, absolutely inab- the, whole, in, the yeah. absolute inability to resolve this, but they can't share that because they'll have a, an entire nation sink into total Give mental up. malaise. And the, the other part of that is that I do think they have to, you know, for example, a classic example, someone said yesterday, well, they haven't found a cure for the common cold. My now my feet. Oh yeah, now my feeling on that is that there is a complexity to finding a cure to the common cold. They can't, um, but they did find a cure to the flu, which is more complicated. Or a type of flu. Cold. And when we were pre-coronavirus, I would very smugly say when people said, "You know, at fifty, you should probably start getting a, a flu jab," and I'd be like, "But there are so many different types of flu." Okay, so there are going to be so many different types of corona. Can I just say one thing about the cold though? Because I'm into holistic medicine, mm. I totally believe that colds are good for you. Mm. If you get a couple of colds a year, it strengthens your immune system. You 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 get cleared out. I think that we're not supposed to find a cure for it because it doesn't kill us. Well, I agree. And I was going to really say, but my, my comeback on that, that comment was actually there isn't as much urgency to find a solution to the cold, yeah. common cold. And that's probably why it hasn't happened. You won't there have every scientist across the globe Absolutely. panicking and looking and searching yeah. for it. What because... I do get across about, though, is that the, the World Health Organization did have, you know, con- if you go to their website, constant 
discussions, conferences and talks about disease X, what to do if it comes. And the feeling that we were all so utterly unprepared leaves you gobsmacked because it wasn't as if this wasn't a known entity. This was a known thing. Coronaviruses have been around before. We know that this could happen. Uh, SARS and Mm. swine flu and all that kind Mm. of stuff. So, And as a parent, it's brutal that they had this knowledge. It's brutal as you read more and more about the masks. Mm. We couldn't even give our kids masks you know we couldn't i mean that simple thing we all felt you know you have an instinct as a human being and even more so when you've got a parent you've got children surely if i put this thing over my face then it's going to mean that i'm less likely to inhale whatever it is anyone sneezing or coughing at me and yet I can't believe that we have this need to believe. We It's kind of like this like Stockholm Syndrome. No, it's a Stockholm no. Syndrome. There are people looking after us. There are people that are telling us stuff that we need to, that, yeah. that are going to keep us safe. Well, I, my fear now as a parent is those fucking people that we were looking at to be our parents, the, the World Health Organization, these, it all seems to be crumbling down a bit now. Yeah. And that makes it even scarier, scarier for us as parents. Well, not, not we just, can't even trust where we're getting our bloody information from anymore. But not just that. Not just that. If you look at it, let's let's poor old Bojo Boris is in is in hospital, and let's let's just say you know he was the kind of uncle or the father figure yeah. telling us all all how to be, and he hasn't clearly at some point observed the rules. Um, but the, for me, there's the practical issues. How can we? How can we? You know, the paranoia is uh, most simple everyday activities now with the girls for the girls that involve the girls that I want to encourage the girls to do uh, are riddled with paranoia. Mm. So, for example, yesterday we wanted them to take cakes to our dear friend Pat, who's a, an elderly oh. woman who lives locally. Um, Kiki came to me really worried yesterday, saying, "How do we give them to her?" How, where do we give them to her? Oh, you at ring what, on the door and you at what point do you? Yeah, no, no, I know, but hang on a minute. Let's forget that. There's not. A, it's not the solution. It's the fact that there's a worry. I it's know. the fact that there's a I stress. Know. I had a worry. I thought I don't want them walking down the street because I'm reading all over the place that there are reports of those boys who and girls who would cause all sorts of bullying issues and catcalling on on street corners are using spitting and licking as a form of intimidation and essentially terrorising people. So bullying on the street with kids who aren't being kept in by their parents. We all know them. We all see them, you know. The trouble is, it's the kids that are going to be out of the, the kids that have got parents that never bloody... And that's my point. That's my point. So, so forget, them anything forget, on so, what's the right way yeah, to exactly. behave. exactly. So if you know they're out oh, there as well, and I God. saw loads of them in the park the other day when I went for my run, do I necessarily want my girls to walk down the street where something as benign, okay, it's not benign at all, but so, as someone walking past and going, achoo, in a sort of exaggerated fashion because yeah. it's a laugh, hey, <laughs> No, I don't. Well, when I when I go to that place as a parent, and every single day I go to the place of what's happening outside of our front door, outside of the virus. Civil. Because the, the civil unrest, all of mm. that, that absolutely petrifies me. Yeah, I mean... So all I do is I then cut it out of my head because right. I'm utterly powerless. And, it, I mean, it really... Because then I start to think, well, what are they going to become? Are we just breeding agrophobics? Well, the, and, and are we breeding yeah, agrophobics? Yeah, well, you know, never mind the actual global thing of the virus and where does it land and what does it do and is it airborne? All of that we can't even think about because we can do nothing about it. I'm frightened that my children are going to become agrophobic because of what I have to tell them to do as a parent, that I'm going to give them OCD because what I have to do mm. to keep them safe as a parent, mm. what that I'm going to give them anxiety, that they're going to be more introverted, that all these things, and we as their parents, are having to insist that they do all those things. They're having to in, in, indulge themselves in the very activities that, that are the them. bad consequences of all those things. I know. Anxiety. I know. We've spent years paranoia. with our youngest daughter, helping her with her anxiety, helping her with social anxiety, and now we are telling her that she has to have it. That she it. has to have no, it. No, 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 exactly. She needs to be cautious. But here's the other sad thing about about all of that. You're right, Kiki has had anxiety over the years, but I've noticed there's a sort of... I don't know if any other parents have felt this, and I'd be fascinated to know if it's true, but there's almost a sort of dead acceptance in a lot of teenagers that this has happened. Well... Almost a sort of... I I, I agree. Almost a sort of resignation and a giving upness. So the exams don't matter. So the going to college doesn't mean anything. I mean... Fleur and your nephew uh, Finley, their degrees are essentially going to be decided upon all the work they've done. So, you know, 
all the purpose behind so many structures of their lives has been shown for what it is, which is, I hate mm. to say, J.G. Ballard's quote, set dressing. I mean, you know what? I am so thankful that our children are homeschooled and we haven't been driving them towards the ultimate goal of examinations because I just don't know how people are going to keep their kids motivated for that. And I think there is a dead acceptance, Mark, and I think it's horrible because... How many times over the last few years have we said to Maddie when Maddie's going, Mum, you don't realise all our generation is depressed. Mm. The planet is ruined. Purely the global the environmental wars, thing. The yeah. environmental. Yeah, well, that's like, where I there felt is, it They most. are told all the time there is going to be no Earth, no planet for them yeah. in the future. And now there's a deadly fucking virus too. Mm. We are running out of all the tools that we have as a parents. What, what tool do we pick up well, to deal with this? What do we say with this? What do we say? There's no answers or solutions to this. No, but weirdly, I can give you a positive on what you just oh said. Oh, my God. Do you want a positive? Give a positive? I can give you a positive. Guys. So National Geographic has been doing a study on the seismic, as in, you know, when they measure earthquakes, the seismic movements of the planet. Oh, yeah. And the... Yeah. the underlying hum and inherent movement so if you imagine like a dog sitting it's always moving you know there's there's a sense of life to everything well the planet is doing that due to the activity on it mm. it's at the lowest it's ever been recorded wow. the natural hum and movement and seismic activity because all trade manufacturing and so many industries stopped. have stopped but 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 okay well let's just have a little That's moment a little of positive. joy the let's earth have is a huge breathing. huge moment of joy that this virus is here we all have to learn a lesson we're going to get a vaccine mm -hmm. the uh, planet is going to heal we're going to have forced aviation Okay, that's a crisis and that's terrible for all the people working, but we're not going to be able to fly from country to country anymore. No. We're all going to have to holiday and the planet gets to survive. Absolutely. But there are going to be a number of key parts of everyday family life that are going to we'll suffer. change forever. And I think, for example, we've heard often in many of these chats, the Tarquins, the parents of the Tarquins that go off for their little skiing holidays, they ain't going to happen. I tell you now, I don't see oh, yeah. how you get to a point where you can put as many people as you were putting on an airplane. Because in yeah. a weird well, that's sense... that's what I'm saying. Yeah, in a that's weird way for me... For but in a weird way for me, this disease and the way this disease has spread is really a portrait of our aeronautical ability to travel over this planet at will in any way that we want. And I think the way in which we've managed to make vast travelling experiences so easy to do and so quick mm. to, to to execute is is this is payback payback is that we ain't going to be able to just trot off to our little bijou place in wherever to do whatever or and think about it if we're going to have to enact social distancing so a country like austria is talking about how they start to release the lockdown mm -hmm. and they're talking about only opening shops and restaurants that are 400 square foot in size that can only maintain two meters of distance between people that people need to Reducing be able to prove that people need to be able to prove that when they sit at a table they're from the same household Jesus. these are the regulations that a country like austria that has a kind of you know has had a low death rate but only has a population of nine million let's look to that and then you start to think okay well let's translate that to an incredibly crowded city like london yeah. let's translate that to heathrow well, how airport are we gonna do that? heathrow airport at half term are you having a laugh? That's all over. I don't see how that can return. And then at that point, I think, oh, my God, we're going to have a generation of kids who don't have that as a possibility. And how are we going to sort of, you know, how do we prepare them for that? You know, Kiki just had her experience of going to Greece to a Greek island for the first time. She are we seriously? She said to me the other day, she said, Dad, Dad, because every... Once in all of my girls' teenage years, I've got four daughters, I take them to New York. And Kiki looked at me the other day and she said, Dad, do you think we'll ever be able to go to New York? Can I just say you sound incredibly Tarquin? I know. Well, that is Tarquin. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's... Yeah, yeah. Well, Tarquinites like me, me are, are sitting here worried that we can't indulge our little girls. I just, just, just scroll, scrolling back a little to what we were saying about how everything has changed and about the planet breathing. Now, a friend of mine sent me this on quite early doors... Um, when we were, they were talking about lockdown, we hadn't actually gone into lockdown. And she said, I'm only sending this to you and don't tell anybody that I sent it and don't share it with anybody because people will think it's awful. That's annoying when people do that. And No, but I get why. <laughs> why? She said, so this is the world talking, world. There's no way we can shut everything down in order to lower emissions, slow climate change and protect the environment. 
Mother Nature, here's a virus practice. And at the time, that sent an absolute chill through me. And, oh, God, you know, that's just... But you know what? The longer this goes on, I think I worry that this that this has been... Maybe it is Mother Nature's way of saying, unless we change every single thing about our lives... We're not get, the planet isn't going to survive. Disease, this is a disease that's happened because of mass consumption mass of consu- the planet yeah. and overpopulation. Yeah, exactly. And 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 to take it back to being a parent and how that how that affects us as a parent is that we know when we think about it like that and when we actually look about we we'll look at what's going on globally, we know bit by bit by bit our kids are going to have to discover that life is never going to go back to what it was before. And the new normal, everyone, you know, at the beginning, we will go, we don't want a new normal. The new normal will have to just be revealed to us and to them very, very slowly so we can bear the shock, horror and grief of it. Okay, well, I did say it gave a sort of health warning at the beginning of this. We're going to look at some of the Instagram messages in a minute because they highlight the variety of different ways in which parents are under pressure. Thanks for sending Um, them in, guys. They're they're, they're great. I do want to just say at this point, I mean, my feeling about the whole thing, and this is is slightly off a tangent on being a parent, is how parents, if you're lucky enough or, you know, maybe, you know, unlucky enough to be in a, partnership if both parents are present it's very difficult Nadia is a very positive individual wants to look at things half full I've become the sort of anointed and appointed negative doom laden individual in the household and yet I too need hope and positivity and a degree of you know there's a way there's an escape plan here I just try and find that information by you could argue over equipping myself with too much because every time I feel there's a route out I can block it out with a piece of information that says something else is going to happen now my... I don't think you've been appointed no I think you're self-appointed well, because it's like I always say whoever we were before this virus is who we are mm. after the virus but magnified yeah so that's been your way with yeah but equally I don't life. want it to you know but I, I want this to end and I want to believe and I want to believe it can end and I want to explore where the reality is is and the the truth is in where that can happen but okay so in my head I'm running every model of possible change for a three-week period then a six-month period and then a year's period and I can begin to sort of find ways in which you know the economy has to be forced and nudged back into some kind of jolted back into some kind of action I can see that in some way. But where I keep coming up against the snags is around the sheer number of people there are. And how we return to any semblance of socialising. Unless, unless, and this you could say, you could argue, is this the positive? Unless there comes a point where every nation on the planet has to just hold their hands up and go, come what may. People will get this, some will die, some won't. I think that's what we are going to have to get to because the problem is, at the moment, the only thing we're looking after are, it seems, it takes precedence over everything, is is coronavirus. Mm. Now, the things like we we touched on earlier, mental health, domestic violence is up by 30%. Massive. There's breast screening has stopped. Yeah. Cancer patients aren't getting the cancer treatment that they yeah. want. You know, there are other deaths that mm. need to be well, have attention like, paid to them. There yeah. are other diseases that need attention paid to them. There are so many other things that we really have put on ice, yeah. and they can only stay on the in the ice box for a little while. Oh, absolutely. And and then what's going to happen there? So I really do believe that we are going to get to a point where we say what will be will be. Well, I think we'll have to, and, and that point scares me because yeah. it's such a lottery of an illness. Yeah. At which point you start to think, oh my god. Are we all essentially going to be running around with a sort of gun, which is like Russian roulette? With half our families. Because nobody knows who it is that's going to get... Some person's going to get it and get an itch on their left eye and another person is going to So for me, it's worse than than a movie because I don't see an end point. And then, of course, you have all the talks about the fact that we can manage it, we can squash it, we can we can push it into hiding, we can it can burn out, and then it'll just come bloody back in the winter. And don't forget, guys, this is us having a safe place to go to the worst places. These worst places aren't necessarily what's going to happen. Just remember that. 
Now, before we record each episode of our podcast, we ask you to get involved on social media. Hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to get in touch on our Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and Family. On Twitter, at Nadia Sawala. And if you're a little bit scared of Nadia and you're just <laughs> worried that she might tell you off, you could always come to lovely, cuddly old me at, at, on Instagram at Mark underscore Adderley. A-double-D-E-R-L-E-Y. So um, these are people that um, answered our Instagram question this morning. Um, and what was it? Oh, I asked lots of questions. Oh, right. There's lots of different answers. But um, Kay, Stacey says, it's getting harder to hide the fact that every morning I just don't see the point of getting up. Wow. Yeah. I'm feeling that on a daily basis. Each morning I find it slightly harder to throw back the duvet and stand up. That's why it's so important that we do, isn't it? Because oh, I think if we didn't have children, it would be very different maybe. I can't. You know, I have a reason not to get drunk. I have a reason not to get drunk. If, say, we'd separated and the girls were a bit older, I'd be annihilated now. But if you're, but, 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 so my, no, yeah, but, yeah. but I mean, that's an important yeah. point. Okay, we're talking yeah. about parenting. But, but, but. I, I suspect that with um, this this lady that's written in, maybe there was there was a sad a difficulty in the first place with getting yeah. up, and now it's getting harder. Everything is exacerbated, isn't it? If you have depression, if you have anxiety, if you have addiction problems, everything is exacerbated. Yeah. That's why I have to think at some point we're going to have to actually pay attention to all those other things as well. Oh, no, absolutely. Because they're all mushrooming under the ground. Well, there's half a million What's people on the verge of, what's the equivalent of, of, of entering total poverty? Poverty, depression, Which... anxiety. My friends that have got cancer that aren't getting the treatment that they yeah. need. I mean, is their life yeah. less valuable than somebody with coronavirus? I mean, yeah. I feel for you, Kay. I really do feel for you because, yeah. I think we can. I think all of us can really identify with that, right? There's that stealing of yourself. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to make the most of the day because mm. I've got. Two but kids. it's really and it's really hard sometimes to hide on your face. Kids aren't stupid. Kids know when no. parents are worried. That's Kids why, know when parents are affected. Like, yeah. I saw Maddie yesterday looking at me. I was feeling very bleak and hopeless, and I was just not saying anything. I was just getting on with stuff, doing stuff, and I could see her. I spotted out the corner of my eye. She kept looking at me about four times because she mm. could sense. Energy, the energy of parenting. You know, sometimes the pressure to stay remorselessly upbeat well, I don't or think, positive. Oh, I, I'd like to pause you there because I don't think anyone should be remorselessly upbeat because that would be fake. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm that. saying people should be. But I think no. as parents, we are all beating ourselves up for we, not being that. No, I'm not. Oh, I I, I'm not. I, I'm not beating myself for not being remorselessly upbeat at all. I think... You know, I think what we're doing is we're managing it quite well. I think we're saying, do you know what? Isn't it shit? Mm. This is shit. Oh, my God. I said to them the other day, I said, sorry, kids. This I had. We're not prepared for this. Mm. This this has never trying, been discussed. Was... This is so out of our realm yeah. of, of being able to deal with it. So just we're, we're working it out yeah. step by step. Whilst I we think... find another one, I was, I was trying to think of an equivalence in our childhoods. And the only equivalent I can think of was nuclear threat of nuclear war. Yeah. I remember having an absolute panic. But at least that at, you were just obliterated. Seven. Well, you were you obliterated. You didn't have to rethink your whole life no, and how you were going to live When you went out the door, you didn't yeah. feel like, I don't know, something was going to happen yeah. to you there and then on your doorstep. We have this funny thing. Every day we have a little picnic with the girls. We have lunch break in the garden. I really like it. It It's a real moment and I love it. And (laughs) last three days I've said to them, so kids, it's become a thing now where it's a joke. So kids, uh, how are you feeling? And they go and Maddie makes a laugh. And she goes, what, you mean putting aside the deadly virus that's just outside the front That means we can't leave the house and can't see see our our friends friends. and and can't go out. Yeah, apart from that. Apart from that, it's all fine. (laughs) It's all good. Uh, Grace, uh, echoing what we were saying earlier, Stress that my daughter is becoming more of an introvert than she already was. Exactly. Mm. All that. You know what, parents? All that graft that we've mm. put into them about getting them out, about making friendship groups, about pushing themselves to do them, it's all gone. Yeah. It all feels like it's just gone I've into just, a vacuum. Because now we've got to <laughs> rewind and just go, actually, forget all of that. Just stay in and just stay on your phone to your friends. I've just realised that every parenting manual in the world now has to go into a reprint because who'd have thought they need to add a chapter that says how to deal to with the a pandemic? pandemic. <laughs> we need Phil, guidance. Phil here, uh, Worried that we are not doing enough as a replacement for school education and they're going to struggle on return. Well, what I would say to that is 
everyone's going to be struggling on return. Yes. And what I would say is this is a pandemic. And what I would say is as homeschooling parents, give yourself a break. Yeah. There are so many other life lessons that they can be learning. And I don't know what age your kids are, um, but, you know, you could be teaching them about, I don't know, mortgages. You could be teaching all those stuff that you uh, that mm. you ever thought that you thought, why don't they teach that at school? How to change a wheel, how to iron, how to mend a sock, well, how to do a shop online. Yeah, absolutely. And all you, those things that a lot of kids just don't know yeah. how to do anymore because we all are helicopter parents. And, and also, I mean, we often talk about with homeschooling about the arts and all that, but there's a really there's some really neat ways of understanding the economic geography of the planet. Just Get your kids to look at how the virus has spread. You can look at this thing. You can make them can take. We do that own, with our kids. We, we can. Done that we yet. can take ownership. God, you keep flagging out. me up now. I'm a Tarquin, and now I haven't. Done... No, no, we. I said we. I didn't no, see I you. I said no, no, we no. But I mean, that. but it's only just come to me. I was thinking, you yeah, know, no, you could. Yeah, that's a good e- idea. You could show them the economic sort yeah. of heat map of the planet. I keep seeing them, and you, when you look at it, you see, ah, oh, that's the way it travels. Ah, oh, that's so where good. things move around the room. Uh, move around the room. Move around the planet. This is how the economics of the planet works. And with that, because neither of us know that, so what you do is you don't set yourself up as a teacher. You set yourself up as, let's have a look. Mm, yeah, what exactly. does this mean? What does it look oh, I don't know. Yeah. It's a really good thing to say to kids, I don't know. Yeah. Do you want to have a look or should we have a look? Yeah. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and whilst you find another comment, I, I also would stress there are ways of positively looking at what the virus is doing um, I mean, for example, it was a stupid one. Me and Kiki were learning about cell structure and cells. And of course, one of the images, she said, oh, that looks like coronavirus. And I said, well, yeah, it is. It's a viral cell. It's a, I said, they're quite, and we talked about how pretty they were. It almost takes the heat out of your enemy. Because yeah. at the moment, coronavirus is like the big enemy. It's the evil. It's the, it's like the, my dad it's the said villain. The other day, you know, my dad is 86. He said, you know, I had a very bad night. I felt as a fog had come over yeah. all of us and we were all getting it. And he was so scared yeah, by it, wasn't yeah. he? And I, I, I'm I, going to remember that always because that's where the kids will go mm. with it at times. We have to remember. Yeah, so I encouraged Kiki to look at the mm. image of the cell and I said, look at it as an artwork. Turn it into an yeah. artwork. Let's do a painting. Let's do a picture. Let's do a, you know. So there are ways of kind of turning Educating. it towards, your, yeah, towards mm. yourself. You can also, I mean, for example, I was in the garden today we're in the middle of spring, guys. This is the most ironic moment in a film that as this decimation, if you like, is happening socially to us all, the whole of nature is just going, look at me, it's creepy. But at the same time, at the same time, take your kids out to whatever bit of it outdoors you've got and get them to look at how nature isn't thinking about this at all. It helps, I promise you. Tracy, worried sick if we're getting it right. Are we doing enough, too little, too much? Well, you know what? That is, that's what we've been taught. All our tools as parents are just snatched away because this is just so alien to all of us. There's never been we more of a no right, no wrong situation. Know, can we? No, no. We just can't know. There isn't a right or wrong situation. You have to do what's right for you. You have to observe the practical rules and guidances around healthcare and protective clothing and all that kind of stuff mm. but in terms of what's right are we doing it right well mm, i think we, i think what this whole sort of epidemic and crisis has proved it, it's reminded me how much we all at whatever level we're at in whatever our circumstances we defer to a greater authority for guidance in education in everything and yeah, what that's what this, I mean. That's all been snatched what away. What this is throwing the spotlight over is they don't fucking know a thing either. Yeah. And, Our and parents. No, no, <laughs> don't know. no, no one knows anything. So at the end of the day, you have to do what your instinct tells you for your children. And that also has to include getting things wrong and not beating yourself up about it. Yeah. And to say to kids, I'm not sure if we're getting this right. Yeah. It's all right to Absolutely. say that. I think it's too stressful to stand as the, the safe, not mm. all knowing. Mm. This one is very difficult to hear. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to call her L. I've considered writing a letter to my baby. Oh, sorry, it's a copy. Oh, my God. In case I don't make it through if I catch this. Oh, God. I hadn't even thought about that. Oh. So the fear being if she was to contract no, it. because and... we don't know anymore who's going to die from it, do we? They told us at the beginning it was just this kind and that kind, and now mm. it's just going to... Yeah, I mean that. Thank you for sharing that because I think, yeah, 
I mean, not a lot to say to that, except. I mean, it also reminds. Maybe that's something we all have to think of. Well, and it also reminds. Well, yes, I mean, especially with the way in which when it gets you, it seems to get you. You seem to be fine, and look at look at Boris. You suddenly find yourself in ICU, and oh god, it's just unbearable. I mean, the other thing that you mentioned. The thing is. We are staying in yes. and we're not going to get it. And we're not going to go out and socialise or do anything Absolutely. until they can say it's safe. So they, however long that takes, we are we are going to stay safe. But another major parenting issue at the moment, which you mentioned before we started doing this chat, were parents of kids who are at university or at college who are separated. There are many parents not with their children. Yeah, um, quite a few of you have written in and said that. And um, actually this... this even before we put this call out, people have been reaching out to mm. us on, on our social media channels and saying, I feel broken hearted mm. that my child chose to stay with their friends than than to come home and right. spend the time oh. with us. And what if they get sick? What if we get sick? What if we get sick and die before we've seen them? I mean, it's just bloody hard. And that, I can really understand that. I can really understand that. But you know what I would say? If Maddie had been a year older... I would want Maddie to be with her friends. Yeah. I mean, I would want her here, but I would want her to be with her friends because Whoa. it's not right for an 18-year-old to be sat in with her parents all day long, every night, well, every weekend, yeah. all through the summer. And if she'd been in a house with her group of friends, I would have been happier for that. Well, I asked Izzy Ann Fleur, I said, are you happy where you are? Fleur was uh, ensconced when the lockdown happened on a, in a camper van mm. in Dorset and she had to stay there with her friend. Um, and Izzy desperately wanted to be in her own space. I offered her to come here, her mum offered her to go there, and she wanted to be in her own space. And I must admit, the thought did cross my mind, my God, but if something happens to any of us, Mm. none of us are going to be able to be with each other. Mm. But I think young people are supposed to be with young people, and as much as it would kill me, I would say, say, say this does go on for another year. And Maddie said, listen, group of us are going to get a house together, we want to live this out together i would say go and i would go with i would say it with a great big smile on my face i literally every time i look forward and i think to myself of normal human activity like getting a flat with friends i keep hitting snags i keep hitting snags i don't and this is i suppose this is just me saying it as i'm feeling it right now i just think i don't actually understand how we we might be able to just say, okay, those who get it, get it, and we live I our think, lives well, we, normally. Yeah, yeah. But that's a different, that in itself is a different kind of living. It's living with real fear. But 80% of people are going to get it. 50% of people may have already had it. Don't forget, what we're forgetting here is that 80% of people have extremely manageable symptoms. Mm. Because we're seeing death toll, death toll, death toll. Let's remember, 80% of people that get coronavirus get mild symptoms or feel pretty shit for a week, 10 days, and then they're over it. So there will come a point when the majority of people have had it. This is dark and twisted because you know what this is. This is is like 20% of the population is vulnerable. The global Mm. population is vulnerable. This is the real world doing what Thanos did in the Avengers, Mm. which is clicking his thumbs. And okay. half the population going. Mm. This is the planet trying to naturally cull. Yeah. Yeah. And we're now all in the... I mean, I, oh, I'm pretty God. convinced that Maddie had it. I'm pretty... I mean, I'd say 99.9% sure what? she had way, it. Way before the outbreak. Oh, way, way before yeah, the yeah, outbreak. Yeah, before we even knew what coronavirus did. was. Yeah, because... Yeah. And we did, we had no idea. We just thought she had a horrible yeah, illness, well, she did didn't have a horrible she? Cold, well, yeah. Uh, flu, but now, because... Now all these symptoms that we're hearing about, because first of all, it happened that she had five days of lost her sense of smell and taste. Then she went down so ill, couldn't move her head, terrible headache, every single symptom, didn't she? Burning hot and front and back, all of this stuff. And so um, so as a parent, because we're talking about parents, my frustration aside of the NHS must get their testing and everything. My rage, my burning rage every day that's driving my forces. When are we going to get these fucking tests so that people that have had it can step back out into the world again? I don't think they can test confidently. 
Not yet. That's why they no. haven't got. That's why. But that's can why. I say that's, but when we, that's my but worry? I've, but I've got this feeling that my that my I know one of my daughters has had it, and I know when she's got that test, she will be able to go out, and that's how I see the future. I see there'll be people walking around like they do in China with, with their barcode, barcode saying I've had it, and then they can all go through and they can go swimming and they can go to the park and they can go to and that's the other world that I'm seeing that there's going to be half these children trapped inside that can't go out yet. Yeah, and the faces other half, against windows. And what, if, what if Maddie's had it and Kiki hasn't had it, going to my darkest fears again, and Maddie's waving, mm. Kiki's waving Maddie off at the window because Maddie can go to the park now because she's got her barcode and Kiki hasn't. Mm. Okay, here's my darkest, biggest, darkest, fearest, fear, biggest worry. I'm not clear. I understand that a vast majority of people can have this and be asymptomatic. So you can be a carrier, you can be positive, but you demonstrate no symptoms. What I feel I'm beginning to increasingly hear, and this is what worries me a bit, is you can be asymptomatic for any amount of time before it inflaming within you. You don't just carry it and that's your experience of it being oh. asymptomatic. My concern is that you can be asymptomatic. So say, for example, Maddie... Well, that's why we need an antigen test. Say, for example, Maddie yeah. has had it and we are we all have it, but we haven't flared up yet. Mm. But mm. that flare up could come at any point. That's why That's my the test as fear. to whether you've got it really is irrelevant to me. It's the antigen. Yeah. Because you could have it asymptomatic and have built antibodies. Yeah. That's what we need to know. you could have it asymptomatically without antibodies. Yeah, okay. Well, that's another dark side. But what I'm looking for is the test that tells us who's got the antibodies, who can get the fuck back out of the front door. Mm. And that's what that's what we need. They keep talking about this one bloody chemical that we haven't got. And it's like some, a, a virologist was saying the other day on Sky, why don't we just make it? Can you? you can make any of these things oh, in right. a lab, yes. Oh, it seems very strange. Okay, well, one very more strange. comment then. One more, because it's something that I hadn't thought about and I want to just give, you know, a voice to it. Dealing with my, uh, this is Sarah, dealing with my child's allergies and medication when pharmacies are under strain. What a nightmare, because I hadn't even considered that. If you have a child that has medication. Asthma. That you can't get Eczema. a hold of. Yeah. Aggravated, aggra I mean, I'm already looking at my limited supply of inhalers and thinking, is it wise to get like, just a shitload in so you know touch wood none of our kids require any any medication yeah um but but very scary for any parents that do so a big virtual hug well guys i hope we've cheered you up it's important to be able to share the worst fears and it's important to share the worst potential outcomes and also in that one can hopefully come out of it and think what the fuck? <laughs> Might not be that bad. Yeah, and, I've and you know myself. there are there are a lot of positives. It, there is a lot of you know amazing research going on. They are collecting data left, right, and centre yeah. around the world, and very very clever people are working on it. So we don't know where the light is at the end of the tunnel, but there is light. I think I can see. I need cake I think now. I, can say I need cake. Too. I need cake. 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 Well, that's it for this episode of Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you'd like to comment on any of the topics we've discussed today, we'd love you to get in touch and use the hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Nadia Sawala. And on Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and family. And if you fancy getting in touch with me, it's at Mark underscore Adderley. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review. Tell your friends and get involved. And you can hear more episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Ta-da! <laughs>